The tornadoes have passed through and the sun is peeking out. Sign of another bright day here in Bengals world. And that is the day that today, Jay, you and I, we spoke with L. Collins, Zach Taylor. And uh, the the introduction finally happened and uh, they're all here. So we decided, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity for us to bring a special episode to everybody because we've got some goodies for you. Yeah, because this is what... I guess not not really a question, but this is what you wanted to hear from him. We people listening to this, the scouts, the coaches, you and I, we've all seen Lyle Collins play football. But you you were really interested to see what his demeanor was going to be like, what what he was gonna, how he's going to present himself on Zoom. And I I thought he came across, across great. I. I wondered a little bit. Dallas is kind of one of those media markets where you, you maybe have to be on guard a little bit. It's such a big media contingency and you have, it's so competitive and you have to kind of watch what you say. And he was he was open and uh, had fun with it, was joking around at times. It just He just came across really good. And you're right that the sun is out metaphorically and literally for the Bengals. So we've got a special episode for you today. And La L. Collins, Dan Horde, probably <laughs> he, he followed through what he said he was going to do, and that was get the exact proper pronunciation from the man himself. And he said it is La L. Collins, but you can call him L. You can call him LC. He likes the bodyguard, uh, and so let the uh, the bodyguard soundtrack memes happen now, right? Is that gonna <laughs> we're gonna get like hit Collins face over top of Kevin Costner or something like that? I'm not sure where that goes from there. I, I trust all of you people on the internet will do your best as you have been doing so well uh, with this type of stuff. So we've got we, we wanted to bring you some of that conversation and, and some other things that Zach Taylor said, and also have us a, a special uh, drop in for you. I had a conversation with. With Bengals director of pro scouting Stephen Radicevich. Um, and, and we talked for about 20 minutes, and you know, he was kind of the tip of the spear with leading their entire free agency philosophy here, along with Duke Tobin and, and plotting out what the last two weeks have been, going through, you know, what was a complicated process to try to revamp this offensive line and keep a lot of the 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 run it back momentum going and so we, we talk a little bit about that about some of their philosophies some of the ways that things unfolded some of the surprises on the market and some of the things that fell just right for them good conversation with him going to bring you all of that here in today's episode I, I think you will like it but we're going to start with Collins you know the 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 big fish that we heard from for the first time today and I'll bring you I, I've got I kind of plucked he was on for about twenty minutes with us. I, I, I plucked it down to you know, about ten. Uh, some of, some of the best stuff uh, about his. A lot of him talking about his recruitment and the big weekend of hanging out at Joe Burrow's house and you know and, and everything that came along with that. And Frank Pollock and what he liked about Cincinnati and his time at the mall and uh, and all this other stuff. So uh, we're gonna bring you some. Let's bring you some of that right now. And we'll have a few comments on some of the things that he said. So here is Bengals' newest right tackle and free agent addition, Lael Collins. Lael, how big of a factor was Frank Pollock, and not only you signing, but the visit itself 
coming to Cincinnati and entertaining the idea of, of joining the Bengals? For me, you know, uh, it, it was a, it was a no burner. Um, you know, just opportunity, uh, presented itself to, to get back and, and work with coach Frank. Uh, just, I've been missing him since he left. Um, and I mean, he's just a, he's a great coach. Uh, just, just very detailed in everything that he asked for as a pro. Um, you know, I know type of coach, I know type of things he's looking for as players. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to going there and, and, and really contributing in a big way and just doing my job and, and just helping some of these young guys, you know, continue to develop and grow as, as pros. And then what's a Friday like at, at Joe Burrow's house? Man, it's, it's really just chill, man. You know, just chill, talking football with the guys um, and just being able to really like uh, just kind of get a sense of like, you know, what this locker room is like uh, starting with him. You know, I mean, obviously he's the leader of the team, um, quarterback and, you know, just, you know, obviously him playing down at LSU uh, is something special to me as well. So, you know, it's, it's big just to be able to kind of, you know, spend some time with him and, and, and have some camaraderie. Dan Horde. Elsie, I have two questions for you. Number one, I'd like to know the proper pronunciation of your first name. And secondly, all things being equal, when you became a free agent, was Cincinnati your first choice? All right, so you said my first name is L. Um, but everybody just calls me L, so just call me L or LC. Doesn't matter. Um, I've been hearing some new names like the bodyguard. I kind of like that one too. So, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, from the jump, uh, you know, just like I said the other day, you know, I felt like uh, Cincinnati was a perfect fit for me. Obviously, just the history there, me and Coach Frank, and and obviously just when you look when you look at that roster, you look the way this team is built. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, we got the best chance to win and win right now. Uh, you know, it's just, it's going to, it's going to come down to the, the 11 guys on the field, offense, defense, and special teams at all times. So we're just going to have to stick together, uh, work and, and let everything, you know, show for itself. But, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to get to work with these guys. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, what, what a hell of a player, what a hell of a running back. Uh, he's definitely one of the guys that also um, made this decision for me, you know, pretty easy. Uh, just talking to him, you know, and having that relationship with him already uh, is great. Anytime you have a relationship with the with the running back, you know what type of runner he, he is. And, you know, he's, he's just ready to cut that thing back to the right. So, you know, I'm excited. Hey, Lo, what, uh, what, first off, what did y'all have for dinner at Joe's house? Uh, what, what was the, what did the course menu look like? <laughs> well, uh, we, we, we had already ate dinner before we got over there. So, uh, Joe had some, some, some crackers and, and I think he had like some, he had some cupcakes, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, but I'm sure, you know, if, if you wanted anything special, you could have made it happen. But, uh, no, it was just very, just like, you know, felt like I was at, you know, my, my little brother's house, you know, when I walked in, you know, it was, nobody was all uptight. Everybody was just cool. Just like the locker room. And, you know, for me, that, that, that was special. It was authentic. It was real and it was pure. What's it like knowing that, you know, you're, you're going to have to go out and protect this guy. That's going to be your job moving, you know, coming here. What's it like for him to kind of have y'all over kind of as a kickback after dinner, as before you even get here, what kind of impression does that make on you as you're trying to figure out what to do during the process? 
man, you know, for me, that was that was everything in the world. You know, I know I was scheduled to uh, to go eat dinner with Coach Frank and uh, Coach Taylor, but I just kind of told him, you know, I wasn't really there for to be wanting to dine. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, just kind of get this thing done. And, you know, I was able to go spend time with those guys, Joe and, and the rest of the guys. And, you know, for me, um, that that really put put it over the top. That really stamped it. That really showed me, you know, this is where I want to be. You know, these are guys I want to be around. And, um, you know, that, that that moment was probably the biggest moment. LC, uh, welcome to town. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you. What were the roller coaster of emotions like over the course of the weekend? I mean, it probably drug on longer, I imagine, than you thought it was going to. What, what was it like for you trying to, you know, see, stay, go? What's happening? Was it was it easy for you to handle that, or was it stressful? I mean, you know, it was obviously, you know, anytime you're playing a waiting game, just trying to you letting every letting the, the guys that do the contracts do the contracts. Uh, you know, they they have to take their time. To, to do their job and, and everything like that. So, you know, you got to give them time. So during that time, I just spent spent a lot of time just seeing the city, uh, just going, you know, um, by the river. I met some cool people that, that liked the fish, which was cool. Um, they was showing me all the, all the big fish they caught out of the river and stuff like that. So you might catch me down there on a, on a Monday or Tuesday <laughs> with my fishing pole in the water. So, you know, I, I spent some time doing that, just getting to know the people, man. They're just great people. You know, they embraced me. Um, so for me, I, I was letting everything else, you know, control itself while I just, you know, just kind of take my mind off things. And, and it was it was very great. What was it like for you when you're going through the mall and people are approaching you to take pictures and all of a sudden everybody knows you're at the mall? Was that Did you catch wind of how uh, that kind of became a thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, it was just, uh, you know, it was special because, uh, you know, I was in the mall, had my mask on and I thought, you know, hey, I was going to be able to just kind of just go in different stores and and just, you know, chill, I'd get a bite to eat, things like that. But they still saw the big fella. And uh, and I was just like, hey, and, and uh, you know, asked me. Were, were we were we close yet or were we done? And I was just kind of like, hey, we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, the whole time I was very optimistic that we was going to get it done. So, you know, I was just really just trying to get a feel for my new home. I was like I said, I was very optimistic that we was going to get it done. So, and we did. And, and you know, I'm, I couldn't be more happier. Hey there, little L. Uh, so you, you got a chance to hang out with with them in person, which is cool, right? That's a good thing. But how, how important was it for you to come to a place that you knew without a shadow of a doubt that you had a chance to win a championship? Uh, you know, that's that's very important. You know, for me at this point in my career, man, you know, it's not it's not about the money. Um, it's about winning. You know, I want to I want to win. And, and when I walked in that building, I knew it was all about ball. You know, and it's, it's not about nothing else but ball. And that's what I want to be around. Those type of guys I want to be around. You know, anytime you got your running back, just you know, as as meaningful as Joe Burrow. I mean, that guy. You know, he 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 wanted to make sure I didn't leave town. And um, you know, and you got a quarterback that's just as committed. And then you got other guys that that love ball. Um, you know, defensive guys hitting you up. I mean, it, that that was different, completely different experience. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to know that, you know, those guys know what type of player I am and, you know, what I'm going to bring to this team. 
Um, so I'm just looking forward to really just, uh, you know, giving, giving the Bengals and Mr. Brown and everybody the return on their investment in a big way. So, you know, we, you know, the only, the only, the only goal is to win, win championships. And I say that with, with an S, you know, with a strong S because, you know, I want to win championships with this team. So this is definitely the team to do it. Hey, LC, uh, welcome to town, uh, even though you're not here now, but um, you made it clear how happy you are with, with what's transpired the last few days. But I'm wondering, is, is there any kind of chip on the shoulder that comes with being cut by your former team? And two, are you aware that the Cowboys are on the Bengals schedule this season? I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that, but I'm excited even more now, you know. Uh, but, you know, man, Dallas, man, uh, that's uh, been my home for the last seven years, man. Um, that organization has been special to me, it's been great to me. Um, you know, it's it's no, it's no um, animosity or nothing like that, man. Nothing but love. You know, I'll be a cowboy for the rest of my life. You know, I, I gave I gave them a lot. You know, I gave them a lot. So for me, um, you know, it's it's just it's all anything anything that's that's not orange and 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 don't wear that don't have those stripes on them you know when, when it comes game day then yeah, at the end of the day if you're in the way you got to get moved out the way so that's just the bottom line um and doesn't matter who who it is don't matter where we at don't matter what time we play that's the mindset each and every week for me thank you Hey, Al, um, I know you were mentioning that you talked with Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and even heard from some of the defensive guys uh, before you signed. Just I'm curious how many guys ended up reaching out to you and just what did that say about the fact that so many players on this roster wanted you to be a part of this? It was I mean, it was it was uh, it was probably at least 10 of the guys reached out to me. And to me, you know, that that was special. You know, that was special anytime, you know, the guys want you to be a part um of, of the of the team that they have. And, you know, I just felt like it was it was just definitely um special because it's nothing nothing like, you know, being going somewhere where guys they want you to be there. They want you to come in, they want you to, you know, be the type of player that they know you can be. And um, you know, it's it's just special because all those guys are great players as well. So just feeling, just having that feeling of you know, you know, these guys want me to be a part of this, but not 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 just telling me this, but showing me this in a big way, is special, and and I can be more thrilled and more excited to get to work with these guys. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. All right, so there is LC. L, bodyguard, whatever we're going with. I, I like LC. I think I'm going to go with LCJ. That's how I addressed him after he said that. I, 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 I've said L. It just it doesn't roll off. It's so much easier to say L or LC. And I was kind of paying attention to who was addressing him in which manner. There were still a couple <laughs> people that got his name wrong even after he told us how to say it. But I think most people went LC. And uh, uh, that, that's that, – that just – Fits better. I'm not calling him bodyguard. If if you guys want to call him bodyguard, if you want to make the memes, I've already seen a few memes of of Kevin Costner with hit with LC's face uh holding Whitney Houston with Joe Burrow's face superimposed. It's very funny. I'm sure there's gonna be more of those. Um, but yeah, I I'm gonna stick with LC. I love it. Uh 
takeaways uh, outside of the fact that Joe Burrow has crackers on hand like any good bachelor <laughs> pad would. Uh, <laughs> and cupcakes. And cupcakes. Let's not forget the cupcakes that were on. No, where, where do you think that – I, I want to know about the cupcakes. Joe Burrow's not making cupcakes, is he? I, I wouldn't think so. Maybe, maybe Some, his girlfriend somebody did. Somebody do a quick Kroger swoop for him? To, to get the cupcakes. Crackers, were they just some that he pocketed on his way out of Ruby's? You know? <laughs> I'm not sure. I wanna, I'm want i kind of curious. I actually now want to know how he what, – what his method of going crackers and cupcakes is. I, I, but that's a good – somebody had, had tweeted this, and it, it's so true. It reminds me of, like, all I envision is – the, the bachelor pad apartment that I had when I was 24 with like a TV sitting on the ground and a single like folding chair in front of it. You know, we know that's not Burroughs setup, but uh, that's certainly what it sounded like. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what, that is what it sounded like. And that was not, as he said, not the, the point of it. The point of it was them just hanging out and talking football and getting to know each other and kind of like college when you're, you're establishing these relationships and that the other stuff doesn't matter as much. It's, it's about the conversations and, and building friendships. And, um, it is, it's great to see. I, I, uh, Zach had mentioned that, that, um, Elsie had never met Joe Burrow. I, I was kind of struck by that. I would have thought with him being so close in Dallas that maybe he might have, taken a bye week or a, a Thursday week and, and headed back to LSU and, and maybe met up with Joe during that magical run. But apparently that was not the case. And um, just the the whole Frank thing too, um, even though he wasn't there for what you're talking about specifically, just the, how much trust you're going to hear Steven talk about this and the, the, the trust they put in, in Frank in his evaluation of Elsie's character, because there were the red flags and, and he, he stood on the table for him and said, this is, a guy that is all about what we want guys to be about and the the play speaks for itself. But the, the real questions there were who he was at his character. And, uh, and Frank was saying no issues there whatsoever. Get that guy here. Yeah. And, and then the way, you know, how do you trust that you're going to get the most out of somebody, you know, and it is their excitement about being back with somebody mm-hmm. the way he, the way Collins talked about Pollock and about how he's just, you know, the best coach he's had and he knows what he's going to get. I mean, that's what you want. That relationship is going to be what keeps everything on the straight and narrow. And you never know. I mean, anything can happen to anybody. Uh, but y- you trust in your position coaches to know the guys in their room, to help steer them the right direction and get the most out of them. And I think the way you hear Collins talking about Pollock certainly – it puts it down even further that that this was the right move specifically for the Bengals. They were the perfectly positioned team to make this, and that's why it was always the right fit from the beginning. And that, and then, you know, I go back to what we were joking about with the crackers and cupcakes. Yeah, but like w- when you talk about, you said that was what put it away for him. It was authentic. Mm-hmm. It was genuine, and, and how much that mattered. Um, funny he used those words because Hayden Hurst used those same words when talking about the Bengals coaching staff and about how he felt like didn't know who he could trust through a couple of years, you know, through Baltimore and Atlanta, uh, her said that. And then, but he felt like when he talked to people here, everything felt so genuine, felt so authentic. It felt so much like they cared about you and the person and, 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 and trying to get the most out of everybody. And I think that same thing comes across 
with Burrow. And it's part of become really a part of the fabric of the Bengals and their culture is that authentic, genuine, all about ball, right? Like the first three things you tend to to bring up with them and and for that to be what what put it away for Collins, you know, that the fight the real stamp that 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 made it happen, I thought was was interesting and kind of fitting when you consider um, how much we've heard that really across a couple of off seasons now. Yeah, and, and we we saw that from this coaching staff from the get go too. Where as soon as Zach got hired, it was just he. he you could tell what, with, even with a thin resume why the Bengals were so attracted to him because he there is that authenticity and just being so genuine and and and. On top of that, smart and engaging and all those kind of things. But it, it is, it's, this is, it's like college in some regard where it, you're looking for the fit, for feeling at home. And it's, it kind of goes back to what you were saying where that college feel with the crackers and cupcakes. It, you, it, it just felt comfortable and homey and, and right for, for LC and, it it made so much sense on the surface, but you never know which way these things are going to go. And I, I kind of it felt like too. I, I saw or I heard a lot of similarities in him that I do in Burrow, where they've got this this incredible confidence in themselves without coming off as as cocky and off putting. Just I know I'm the shit, and I'm about to show you. That kind of thing. He he said it over and over again, where he thinks he's the best right tackle in the league. And if you're if you're against me, it's going to be a long day. And just those kind of that that kind of attitude, I think, is something that you know it, it starts with Burrow and it goes throughout the the rest of that locker room. But but Collins is bringing that in himself. It's not something that's going to be rubbing off of Joe onto him. It's already in place. And that just again, that just makes it such a a, a perfect puzzle piece of a fit. I have some quick advice just for for LC here. <laughs> don't, don't don't eat the fish that you catch out of the Ohio River. Yeah, don't, don't eat those fish. I mean, don't. I wouldn't even fish there. Uh, and I, I appreciate like talking to the people that are down there fishing. And, and may, I, what do I know about about this other than don't eat the fish? Don't don't eat. There's go to a night. There's plenty of very nice places in town to get some seafood. They bring in fresh, fly it in. Don't don't eat the fish out of it. One next thing you know, because here's what happens. Next thing you know, you're fishing the high river. What comes out? Body. <laughs> Body comes out. <laughs> and now you got to go, and you're you're a witness, and you pulled this body out of the river, or like <laughs> maybe maybe a shirt of someone, you know. Um, that's all I'm saying. The same way I tell people that boat on the Ohio River, don't jump, don't jump in the river. Don't swim there. Don't jump in the river. You, you don't need to do that. That's just my advice. My only advice I have. All right, let's move it on. Uh, I do want to bring you a little bit of something that Zach Taylor had to say to us today. Uh, and that is, uh, it was kind of fun just uh, talking with him about the process of, of going through this too. And there's a few bits and pieces that I, that I liked of him talking about, uh, you know, sort of, Watching it from afar, and he he was he had gone off to the NCAA tournament, and he's sort of like <laughs> on his phone during that, trying to figure out what's going on, and and uh, and then he had some good comments about Joe Burrow, the recruiter, which I thought were great. So uh, here's Zach Taylor. Hey, coach, uh, I'm I'm curious 
what this weekend was like for you. I, I know Bengals fans felt like they were on a roller coaster. What what was it like kind of hoping it would we get done and going through the, the as as a drug on? And was there something that stood out for you as a, outside of the end as a, uh, as a moment that is particularly memorable for you? Well, I, you know, um, just, just it's, it's constant, constant interaction, you know, as you go through the negotiating process and obviously you, you want to add a guy to the mix, you want everything to be right on his end as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, I went to March Madness Saturday and, uh, where was it? Indianapolis, you know? And so, uh, I probably wasn't as attentive to the game as, as I either was, would have been, you know, as I'm taking phone calls and text messages and all that, but at the end of the day, it all came together and, and we're all happy about it. James Rapine. Coach, how big of a a factor was Joe Burrow and how involved was he in the process, not just with Collins, but Hayden Hurst and, and the rest of the free agents that you added? He's been great. You know, Joe's Joe's message to me really has been, what can I do to help during the process? Um, and, and so, again, we utilize him in every way we can because that's that's obviously a big selling point for us is we've got a quarterback that – um, is a tremendous player and, and has helped us do a lot of things and players like being around him. Um, so, so Joe's done a great job coming to the dinners, you know, hosting some of the players. Uh, those are, those are kind of his ideas to get guys over to his place and um, help do what he can do on his end, bringing those guys close together so they can see kind of the relationships that the guys have on the team. And um, we certainly appreciate that. And he's just been all in on whatever he can do to help. Were you surprised when he showed up and, and what it looked like sweats to, to the dinner, the Daffy Duck shirt or whatever it was. I, I, I stopped being surprised by anything that Joe wears, you know, in any occasion. So uh, Joe's Joe, man, and he can pull off anything. Zach, a couple of questions. I'll just start with this one, then I'll follow up on a second. Uh, when did you, how soon did you start having conversations after the Super Bowl about we have to find a way to get better, specifically on the offensive line? You know, within a week, really, because you the the combine that was coming up and, and that was going to be more focused on the college players. And then two weeks after that, you were going to be signing the free agents. So there, there wasn't any time to waste. Um, obviously, our, our scouting department has done a tremendous job researching the guys and forming their opinions. Uh, you know, Duke and, and Steve Radicevich really re- lead that charge on the pro side of things. And then getting the opinions of the, the coaches as well. You know, and Frank's a big part of that because we added three offensive linemen and and we did target that as an area where we needed to improve. And so Frank certainly did a lot of work there uh, evaluating a lot of these players and, you know, finding the right fits for for what will help us going forward. And, um, you know, the same with with Marion Hobby on the defensive line and and uh, Chuck with the corners and Lou and, and we utilized everybody's opinions there. And um, so far, it's worked out well for us. And a quick follow-up, uh, is your relationship with Burrow okay if he doesn't invite you over for dinner with the rest of the guys? <laughs> I'm past that stage in my life where I even want to go to dinner anymore. You know, it's, it's I want to be in bed by 8 o'clock, so uh, I'm sure that they stay up a lot better than I do. Yeah, hi, Zach. Um, the, the three guys you signed, the three offensive linemen, are now your, your oldest and most experienced guys on that line, which on the surface could – make it appear like that might stunt the development of the young guys, but how beneficial can it be for them to kind of have that, that template and that mentorship from, from guys and, and maybe kind of let them ease into developing into a, a bigger role. Yeah. I think that's extremely valuable, you know, and that doesn't mean that those young guys aren't going to get their opportunities. And, and we all know over 17 game season, plus the playoffs, there's going to be moments you rely on, on, on the depth pieces that you get on the offensive line. 
obviously it's, it's a point of emphasis in training camp with these three preseason games. You get a chance to, to continue to allow them to develop. And, and you just look at the three rookies we had with Jackson, Deontay, Trey, um, those guys, you know, they're, they're swimming a little bit when they get here in that first training camp. And so now they get a chance to get their feet underneath them. They know what to expect. They know what the NFL calendar looks like. They know what training camp feels like and how you utilize those three preseason games. And so, again, we, we really uh, are going to get a chance to see them, uh, you know, in our minds, take the, take a big next step and, and be much more comfortable with what we're asking them to do. And, and that's an exciting piece of the puzzle there with our offensive line. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Zach probably said it best, Jay. I think we're all done being surprised by what Joe Burrow wears, aren't we? <laughs> Well, I don't know about surprised. I mean, he can he it, it's it's still surprising sometimes. But um, yeah, you, you you're not surprised by the fact that he can pull it off. It, it doesn't. There's some of the things he wears would make the rest of us look ridiculous. But when you've got that swagger and, and you've you've just got that that fame and that talent, it you can wear what you want. You, you see that sometimes in Hollywood too, or some of those people, some of these fashion shows, I, I, you people, it's like normal people never wear that stuff. But if, if you've got it going on, you can put on whatever you want. My kind of fashion show that has sweatpants and a Daffy Duck sweatshirt though, by the way, I mean, that's, that's the kind of fashion show I can get behind. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so, so we have Joe, Bar- I think, but the bigger point is of, you can't ask for more. This guy is doing – he wants to do everything he can to help the football team, and that includes being front and center at every piece of the recruiting process, whether it's rolling down to the precinct or having everybody over to his house for some crackers or whatever it is. Like, you know, he, he's just all in, and it just continues to be um, just more of the same stuff from Burrow, lead recruiter, Head quarterback, face of the franchise, future gazillionaire. Uh, he's just kind of got every title and and embraces anything that uh, that makes him better. And he seemed as invested in this one as 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 anything to this point. Yeah, like where where Zach said or uh, Colin said at one point that he was supposed to have dinner with Frank and Zach, and he said, "Nah, no thanks. I'm going to go hang out with the boys." And and that's that's. Speak. I mean, he knows who Frank is, and that that's part of it. But yes, it's just that's the sway that that Burrow has, and I do, I do love the idea of. I, I would assume Zach took his boys to that March Madness tournament, and there is a historic run happening with St. Peter's, and he has no idea what's going on because he's he's texting and calling <laughs> and trying to figure out what's going on with with LC. Um, I, I assume those were the games that because there was only two games in Indy on Saturday. So and that was one of them. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure the, the 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 boys are probably like, what are you doing on your phone? Although he did say that he had he had their, the his sons had friends over to the house who overheard some of his conversations and and they got very excited about Collins coming. So they were they were able to go to the stadium and meet him when he came in. So it's it's just it's just one of those one of those situations where everything fell into place. It's whatever it's what the the Bengals were hoping would happen that he would be available. It's what fans were hoping he does become available and, and they close the deal. And it's, it's really kind of a, 
we'll wait and see what happens this season. But as of right now, this it just feels like a, a storybook offseason for this team because they got everything done. The only blip is losing CJ, but everything else they, they wanted to get done, they got done. All right, let's just take a quick break. Uh, who we're going to be having on next is starting to dive from the pro world over into that portion of the world, too, uh, where the rest of the Bengal scouts are already deep into. Pro days are upon us, albeit UC Pro Day on Thursday. Uh, Ohio State was going on today. They've been going on all week, and and then they are, everyone reconvenes and offers their opinions and goes forward with their draft plan, which is about to start. But first, let's look back. So we're going to talk about the process of – of getting Lael Collins, how that started, how they figured out from beginning to end, how do we approach this offensive line issue, you know, and 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 the philosophy of of so many of these guys in their twenties, and and how that has played itself out, and uh, you know, the the way the 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 world is working in the NFL right now. So much to touch on. So many is so much has happened. This guy has had a very very, very busy, not just two weeks, but uh, all the way back to the Super Bowl where he's adding people midway through the Super Bowl run and this, that, and the other, and I had to hurry quick, turn around and get this free agency plan, get the coaches involved, everything else. We're talking about all that and more. Here is uh, Bengals Director of Pro Scouting, Stephen Radisevich. All right, I want to kind of take this time, and now that free agency has winded down a little bit, we can... Uh, connect with somebody who suddenly has at least a couple minutes of free time with something that hasn't exactly been uh, around lately. And that's Bengals director of pro scouting, Steve Nordisvich. Steve, what's up, man? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. It's been a, uh, it's been a wild run for all of you guys in the scouting department, but you know, for you in particular, kind of heading the pro side of things, having to go straight from, all the the work you were doing, being it bringing people in during the Super Bowl run, like team to playoff team over to your team, and all the management you had to do there, and then boom, right into free agency and everything else. Has where did it show up the most as you went through this process? The the truncated nature of where you guys with what you guys had to work with is that that's the most challenging part of getting from Super Bowl to today, really. What was the most difficult part of it? Yeah. Uh, probably just the shortened time, obviously. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, our, our scouts had done most of the, most of the groundwork on, uh, on, on their write-ups most of January leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, so we had a good feel of what this free agency group was going to look like, where the strengths were in, in the group. Uh, but really it was just trying to get with the coaches following, following the Super Bowl and uh and try to give them a feel for what we thought who the players we should uh approach um as this thing started up uh so really it was just trying to get those the coaches up to speed uh on such a short short time frame there tell them like look guys look i know it's been a long season and you need vacations but we need to get you to come back here we got to get you to look at these guys right or calls yeah. what they're talking to you from the beach somewhere or something like that yeah no doubt yeah i think uh a lot of those guys took off, went to the beach and uh, a lot of those phone, phone conversations while they're on the sand. <laughs> in terms of, you know, the big thing, obviously you guys did in your approach was let's, let's, let's take a look at how to, how to do this line thing. What are we going to do here in terms of laying it out, laying out the plan? Can you kind of walk us through that process from, you know, from, from beginning to 
Karis, Kappa, and now Collins. I mean, where where that started and how all the pieces kind of came into form. These these were the guys that you ended up focusing on and landing on. Well, we knew we knew our line was going to be a spot that we were going to have to hit in the off season. Uh, so you know, it really started last fall, and you're you're trying to get eyes on some of these guys that you know are going to be free agents. Um, you know, whether it's a team we're playing here or away. Uh, you know, your body typing and just kind of seeing what their attitudes are like on the sideline, on the field. Um, so it starts in the fall, but then really starts with the film work. Um, and that'll, that'll get going December, January with our guys. So I'll, uh, we'll assign position groups to each scout. Uh, so for example, I gave Mike Potts the offensive line cause I knew that was going to be an important spot. Um, so he, he graded all the, all the, uh, offensive linemen that were going to be free agents. And then, uh, and then Duke and I kind of cross-checked. So we, we ended up watching the top 10, 15 players at tackle guard center. Uh, we tried to shorten that list. You know, it's a big list that you get. We tried to shorten the list, uh, compile a list for the coaches. These are the top guys that we think we should go after, uh, or talk to during free agency. And, uh, and then from that, they take that list and maybe they, they disagree with you on some, some of those players. Uh, that, so that list starts to get a little bit shorter there. Uh, and then maybe you're left with, you know, five guards, uh, a couple centers and a couple tackles that you really feel good about um, at the, if you came out with them at the end of free agency. Um, and really, you know, with our approach to the O-line, we wanted to get some young, young talent young players that we're going to develop with Joe and grow with Joe. Uh, you wanted to get guys that had the right attitude uh, that we're going to check every box, you know, being the leaders in that room and uh, hold guys accountable, which is kind of the approach we've taken over the last couple, couple off seasons here and, and just bringing in the right mental, right guys that have the right mentality there. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that was kind of the approach that we hit with the O-line. How did, how did Frank's influence show up and, and did that move guys up and down the bar? I mean, he was pretty open about the, the type of guys he wanted. He was telling us the other day, you know, the thing is, it's a real good chance for me to have my kind. It was kind of his guys that had a little bit more of his stamp on it because he kind of came in and was working with what was here before. And that's great. But now with, with have a little bit more say, where, what was that? But what did you, where did you see his influence show up? And, and did that help move guys like, Kappa and, and, and Karras and obviously Collins, the connection up the board for you guys? Uh, I think Kappa and Karras uh, were two guys that both the scouts and the coaches were high on. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't much disagreement on, on what we thought they were as players and people. Uh, so we felt really good about those two guys, and, uh, which is the reason why we went after them uh, you know, sent right away. Uh, as soon as we could. And then Lyell coming free uh, obviously was, was a little bit later in the process. Uh, once we got word and, and knew that he may shake free, we started watching the tape. Uh, and then when we were able to talk to him, when he was released, obviously Frank had the relationship with him, spoke very highly of his character, uh, what he's made out of and, uh, and that he would be the right person in our locker room. So we felt good going after him. And uh, we were fortunate to come out of it with three uh, quality offensive linemen. I want to get back to Collins in a second. Brady unretires on Sunday night. Okay. And everybody in the league feels a reverberation off that. You guys, too, who had obviously there was 
pretty big name free agents on the interior of Tampa's offensive line. What is that moment like for you? And is that kind of a shakeup where you're like, all right, let's make sure we're ready in case to, to pivot off of this type of stuff. Did that impact you guys and surprise you? Uh, well, the, him coming out of retirement surprised me personally. I, mm -hmm. uh, I was shocked by it. Um, uh, but I, uh, you know, you'd think that, you know, he would, most of the cast would want to go back and play with them. Uh, we were fortunate enough that, uh, Kappa wanted to come to Cincinnati and, uh, we ended up with him. So we're excited about that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think with, with everything in free agency, it's always a pivot. You're always, you know, it's, you're always having to move and, and uh, move on to the next guy if, if things like that come up. But was there a game or a play or a conversation you had just in doing background work on, on Kappa? Uh, and Karis too for both of them that stood out and it helped sell you guys like you said I mean everyone was was in agreement there was there was there kind of some stuff that stood out to you in the background process that that really helped put them apart no specific play or, or yeah. uh, I mean we I scouted Kappa coming out of uh, Humboldt and uh, spent a lot of time with him throughout the process coming out knew what he was made out of uh, Karis I mean you could you could just see, you know, the videos of him on the sideline and his his interactions with players, um, and then you know reaching out to some guys that we feel comfortable that have been around him, and uh, both of those guys, and they all, you know, they all raved about their personalities. So there's not one thing or one play that stood out. You know, we I think we knew what they were what they were about. We, I mean, everybody knows the history of of. They're not being major. I mean, this was almost double the amount of money that it has been ever been given to a guard by this organization, and that's partially where the league has gone. But it did was there? Do you think there was a, a barrier broken, or why do you think this year became most obvious that you guys organizationally were willing to go there with that position at this point? I think it's just the quality of player that he is, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, he's a proven player. He's young. Like I said, he checked every box of, of guy, the type of player we were looking for. Um, and that's just what the guard market is right now. I mean, there's guys that went higher uh, or there's a lot of guys, players his age, and uh, that have proven themselves as he has. It all got paid in that similar uh, level. So, um, yeah, like I said, we just we knew we needed to fill some spots there. We were hoping we were hoping at least two. We were shooting for three and uh, we ended up getting three so so the collins process i mean when when do you catch rumblings or catch wind that something might is that i mean i know you guys are always looking at situations like that during the season even i mean when did you kind of first start to think about that and and even start to evaluate you know him as a player watching tape and of him and stuff uh for me it was when the report came out that they were interested in trading him yeah uh, is when our, we started watching tape on him, and you know, we, we start you know realizing he may end up getting cut if uh, if they're talking about a trade there. So you watch the tape. I watched him. Potsy watched him. Duke watched him. Uh, you know, you love what you see on 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 him. So, how, how hard is that for you guys when you're in these meetings to talk through? Okay like a trade like because what are our other teams going to trade finding the market figuring out if where how because you guys in retrospect now i think most of us would look at it and say man it seems like you guys handled it perfectly you didn't need to make a trade didn't make a trade waited sat back got the guy to come in and eventually land him still 
what, how hard was that to maneuver that process? Um, it wasn't very hard on our end. I, I think we, uh, we felt like he was going to end up shaking free and, uh, and we felt like we'd be able to hopefully go after him. And, um, he said it worked out for us. So it's just hard to give up draft picks. Yeah. So you weren't, you guys weren't really, really all that worried about other teams coming in and trying to trade for him then, huh? Um, not essentially. There was, uh, there was, there was a report that he was going to get cut and then there was a later report that he was going to get traded. So, you know, it's, uh, you try to balance in between there. And, and, um, I think we felt like we'd have a good shot at him if, if he were released. Yeah. I mean, I know you've talked before about how much you like the visit and guys come in and they get around some of the other guys. And that's what happened with Collins. You had Head Karras and Kappa in and Hurst all in here together. Um, how, how much do, was was that kind of a, a, something that was really important for you guys to do too? And obviously to get to know him a little bit better, but also for him to come in and get comfortable with them and Joe and everybody that way. Yeah, I felt like it was it was it, it was a huge part of it. You know, I think you, the big thing with a lot of the free agents is just getting them in the building, getting them around our coaches, getting them around uh, our players. And uh, Joe obviously does a great job, and uh, and a lot of players want to play with him, so it's it, he makes it easy on that end. And um, but yeah, I I think players when they come in here, it's uh, they're excited, they they feel the energy in the building, they feel the energy with the players. Um, so it's, it's nice when it works out that way. Give me a synopsis of your report on Collins that you, when you, when you went through him about what stood out about why he was so clearly a guy to target. Tough physical, uh, obviously, I mean, there's that clip of him, him going after the player that went, went after Dak. Um, I mean, those are the type of players that we were trying to add in free agency, um, but yeah, I mean, really, his physicality shows out when you watch the tape. His anchor, uh, his uh, his ability to get movement in the run game, his ability to pass block and move laterally. Uh, you know, he's we just saw him as a clear upgrade for us. So the film definitely jumps out when you watch it. You mentioned this earlier, and it's I don't know. I think in free agency, a lot of people get enamored and we see a lot of big money go to guys who are who are 30 who are 31 32 whatever you guys have obviously focused in recent years of guys in their 20s and not seeing many of these third contract types is i mean how tough how tough is it not to take the bait a little bit and how much has that kind of become a real focused plan that you guys have utilized in free agency because it's an obvious trend you guys have had across three straight years now um you know, I think we we when this whole thing started a couple of years ago, we wanted a young team to kind of grow together, and uh, you know, I think you've you've kind of seen it the last year, especially, um, and hopefully more this year. But it's uh, I think it's important to have a core group of young players that that all grow, all all go through certain things together. Win, you know, wins, losses, they all learn learn together, and it's hard. You know, I think it is it does get harder when you start filling the roster with band-aid, you know, band-aid type players. Um, but there, you know, I think it is also important to have some veteran leadership. You know, we, we added, uh, you know, Mike Thomas last year, who was great in the locker room, who had been in some major games, Rico Allen, who's a little bit older, but was a huge presence in the locker room. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's important to have a young roster, but you also have to have some older guys that have kind of been around 
and uh, and bring that leadership. And so I think it's important to have a good mixture of those. Yeah. Do you, every year at Freedency, uh, people are always blown away by the money and, and the trend of the year. And the trend of this year, we've got all these trades and people are giving away picks and it's sort of following the Rams and what they did. And there's just so much money being thrown at receivers. And it's like in the quarterback thing. Is this offseason, everyone's saying, oh, this is maybe the craziest offseason we've ever seen. Do you view it that way? Is this kind of every day you're even blown away, someone who's in the middle of it at what's happened over the last, you know, whatever, talking about two weeks? Uh, it is for me. I mean, I, I don't I, – just before I got on the call with you, I just I read something as 30-something Pro Bowl players have been traded in the last year or, or a couple months. Or so. I, it's unbelievable how much movement there's been. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – Obviously, there's there's been a lot of movement. The AFC is going to be very competitive uh, this year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how how this stuff shakes out with the new quarterbacks being on different teams and see how good. Um, Hayden Hurst, we we talked to him the other day, and I was kind of taken aback a little bit of because I hadn't really, I guess, evaluated his story a little bit and about how but he felt he was playing really well in Baltimore and then Mark Andrews happens and he had a really nice 2020 season. And then Kyle Pitts happens. Did you guys look at him as sort of a, the way he was talking about it, a little bit of an, an untapped resource that kind of just had some bad luck his first four years in the league? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he was playing, uh, he's playing behind or not behind, but playing with really good tight ends at both places. So, uh, obviously it's hard to get the ball to two tight ends and, uh, and uh, we were fortunate enough to land him in free agency uh, after losing CJ. And uh, I do think he's going to be a good, good get in uh, Jelbo with Burrow, uh, especially for what we were looking, looking for was, you know, more of a move receiving type tight end. Uh, so he kind of hit us right at the right spot. How is he different? I mean, CJ has so many great traits and was great here for a long time, but how, what does Hayden do that's different that maybe you guys felt like you could, you could utilize? Uh, you know, they're different style of guys. He's, uh, he's got really good speed, quickness can separate. Uh, he's got speed after the catch. He can take off and accelerate. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, like I said, they're different style of guys. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, I think Zach will do a good job of trying to get him the ball and, uh, and be productive. Um, the defensive tackle market, you guys had two of the biggest names in there with Larry and BJ. Um, were you, you guys knew obviously they were great players and you knew there would be interest. Were you even surprised? I mean, they, the, that market seemed to really, really be good for both of those guys. Were you surprised at how much, uh, you know, that market became in demand as, as free agency opened? Yeah. Tight ends and D tackles, I think were probably the two spots that, um, that ended up taking off, you know, early in the first day or two, uh, but I mean, both of those guys are great players. You know, we would love to have both of them back. Um, we're fortunate that we got BJ back, and uh, but yeah, it, it did surprise me with with uh, I think those two groups in particular, the tight ends and, and the D tackles this year, and really some of the corners. The corners always get paid, but yeah, uh, there was some money thrown around with the corners this year. Yeah, Apple, uh, you know, Tupo. Um, good on the list. It was sort of like 
it felt like the line I've been using, it's it's run it back with a better offensive line. It's just, you guys, it seemed like you guys had a very clear focus of let's get as many of the guys back that kind of made this thing special last year to keep the momentum going and let as few of those out the door as we possibly can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got, uh, I think, 11 of our starters back on defense. And like you said, we, we revamped the O-line. So, uh now we've got to – obviously the draft's going to be very important for us and, and add some key players there, but uh, see how that shakes out too. What, I mean, how, so what happens next for you? Where are you – so you you immediately shift over to to draft work here pretty much, right? I mean, is it uh, just just diving right in or, or what's your next, you know, couple – what are the next couple weeks for you to look for you guys just logistically? Logistically, we've uh, – there's still some players that we'd like to bring back, grab. Um, so really just kind of working through the list of players that are out there right now. Um, so this week will be mostly pro. I've, I've started watching some of the, uh, pro days and combine workouts just on specific players that I graded coming out. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll kind of use the next few weeks to get up to speed with, uh, with the college side and, uh, you know, watch guys in, more in the Southeast and, uh, East coast and Midwest that I haven't focused on as much this year. Uh, so really just trying to get uh, familiar with some of those players in, in other areas. Yeah. So your vacation comes immediately after the draft. Like have you, have you thought, or you have that baby planned already in there? Whenever we have uh, rookie camp, I will get out of here that next weekend and uh, take my wife and kids somewhere nice. Yeah. Well, you've got some time. you got some work to do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> not not done yet. It never it never as everyone uh, is is realizing over these couple of weeks. The, uh, the there is no such thing as an off season, and especially for for you guys. I know how busy you guys have been, and uh, congratulations on a hectic but uh, very productive couple of weeks. For I know you guys are pretty excited and taking some time to to join me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> All right, very uh, thankful. Appreciate Stephen. Uh, sharing his time with us. He's a busy guy, has a ton of stuff going on, and to take a, a half hour to speak with us and shed some light onto this process, uh, I think, uh, you know, we're just really appreciative of that. Always great talking to him, as we do pretty regularly here, as things happen from a, a roster standpoint. Uh, always, always a great voice to hear. You know, one thing, one thing that really struck me in that, and it it was it, so much of the what that I I've forgotten the who I can't remember if he was talking about Kappa or Karis, but when he he said that how impressed they were with his demeanor on the sideline and the way that he talked to his teammates because these guys when they when they evaluate players on film they're they're looking at the all twenty two they're not watching the game broadcast and you don't get that kind of stuff on the all twenty two that's. That's extra work. That's watching extra stuff to to kind of get that insight on a player to see how he interacts with his with his teammates on the sidelines. Now, maybe maybe they were advanced scouting a game and they, they saw that in person. I'm not sure, but it just shows you you've written about this, about how they do more with less in that scouting department and, and the fact that, that they are paying attention to all those little things outside of the X's and O's on the field. It just goes to show you why, why they've had such success these last few years and, and really bringing in the, the right pieces to help build this team. With Karis, there is a, there was a great mic'd up uh, segment 
on him, and that may be part of what he's referring uh-huh. to, where you get there's a ton of stuff of him just being Mister Energy out there, and lots of uh, let's goes and pats on the back up and down the the warm up line and stuff like that. That could be part of it, but you're right. That I think that that's really so much of what they have tried to focus on um, in in hitting that. And I, you know, I thought the fact that they weren't really concerned with Collins getting traded. Stuck mm-hmm. out to me too. Um, didn't really think that that was going to be something that's going to happen. And that's like we said, it's understanding the market, understanding what is probably going to happen and, and being able to be predictive with that. Um, maybe there really wasn't any interest at all. And obviously that ended up being the case, but to read, to have read that properly is, is still a slick movie, even though it seemed like, you know, talking to him. It was really just something that they knew for a fact that that, that wasn't going to be an issue. So, um, again, really good insight into their process and what has been uh, a really busy few weeks and one that, that it'd be hard. It's really hard to find a box they didn't check right now, um, at least that you didn't anticipate having to check. And, you know, we still have talked a lot. That cornerback spot is sitting there. That defensive tackle rotational spot is sitting there. But those are all positions that are perfectly suited to address in the draft. And, you know, he said it. We have all 11 starters back on defense. So, uh, you know, you feel pretty good about that when you have now have an offense that looks absolutely stacked with the offensive line fixed up. So off they go into the next level of the draft. And we're really looking forward to bringing you um, – all of the draft stuff. Next week, Jay, you will be in beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida, will you not? I will. I leave uh, bright and early Sunday morning for the NFL spring meetings. So that's where the uh, the competition committees will get together or committee will get together to talk about new rule changes. Mike Brown is scheduled to speak one of his two times out of the year that he does talk to the media. Um, and then they have the coaches' breakfasts, uh, AFC on Monday, NFC on Tuesday. So uh, looking forward to getting down there and um, seeing seeing what's going on, getting getting some stuff that we we don't typically get because this is such a rare thing. And, and no owners meeting la- in 2020 because of COVID. And I don't believe Mike made the trip last year. It was in Arizona, and so this will be the first time in a while that he's he's spoken at a at a spring meeting. Yeah, we haven't talked. Mike hasn't been uh, done an owners meeting um, sit down for I think three years, mm-hmm. so this will be uh, a big one. And so we will have that for you next week as we uh, kind of go forward in the owners meetings and then straight into our run of draft coverage. We've got a lot of fun things planned for you there, so keep it coming, keep it coming on back. We will uh, we'll, we'll happily have you in. Hope everybody enjoyed this episode uh, and getting to hear from Lael Collins, Zach Taylor. And Bengals director of pro scouting, Steve Merdisevich. Thanks to all of them for uh, uh, for spending some time talking into microphones for you. So thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.